Hi friends, thanks for joining us again this week in uh, another installment of our series, Yesterday, Today, Forever, and looking at Jesus, focused on this one little verse out of the book of Hebrews, where the writer uh, in this letter to encourage people says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. And that's talking about time, and time can be a very confusing thing when you stop to think about it. Think about the concept of time. When did it begin? How does time work? We know it's a part of reality, but we don't experience the we don't experience it the same way that we experience say matter or or space. We understand being in a room with dimensions. We understand the feel and the touch of matter. But time touches us in a different way and it's a little bit elusive in trying to understand it. In fact, the more time you spend thinking about time, the more fusing it can be. And some of the questions start to to come up in your mind as you ponder it. For example, which way does time flow? Does time flow from the past to the present to the future? Well, um, science seems to indicate yes that it does. And when you measure things like the Big Bang and then move forward from that, um, there's this onset of, of time about, about the universe beginning at some moment in the past and moving forward. Yet philosophically, if we're moving in the same direction as time, how do we ever experience the future now? One of, we have to be moving towards each other. So in a, in a sense, time flows from the future into the present, into the past. So Christmas is four months from today, but in two months, Christmas will only be two months from today. It's moving towards me, and then it will be next week, and then it will be tomorrow, and then I'll experience Christmas today. So that's part of the the quandary of time that science actually still is trying to figure out what exactly time is and how exactly time works. And as you begin to read more and more, you'll come across uh, articles in science journals about how like Einstein's theory of relativity, which has to do with time, in some ways seems to contradict modern quantum physics and quantum mechanics. And so there's this sense of <clears throat> just trying to come to terms with that. Now when it comes to our psychology and our physiology, uh, neuroscience comes into play. How do we experience time? I found it fascinating that when it comes to yesterday, today, and tomorrow, or yesterday, today, and forever, about the past and the future and the present, we actually access the same part of our brain when we, when we remember the past that we do when we imagine the future. In fact, there are some that are suggesting that we actually use past experiences to pattern imaginary future scenarios. In other words, the past helps us construct a future hypothetical situation. All of that stuff is very fascinating. And then, of course, you come into the question of what does it mean to experience the now, which we'll talk about in a moment. But in all of this, all these questions that we have about time, there is this statement that we're looking at that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
It's a statement about Jesus, and it's a statement about time from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. So let's spend some time pondering this concept, looking at today. Last week, we looked at Jesus Christ the same yesterday. And this week, we want to look at this idea about experiencing Jesus today. What does it mean to know him now? And there's this interesting game that we play. So I just mentioned that we use the same part of our brain to access memory as we do to use our imagination about future scenarios. And something I've discovered in my own life, and maybe you have found this to be true as well, it is easy to get distracted from now by getting um, focused on the past or in the future. We get distracted about the past and we spend a lot of our lives looking back, uh, often wishing that we could do things over. And we, we use this phrase, I should have. I should have done this. I should have thought that. I should have said this. I shouldn't have done that. And we replay the past over and over and over again. Or we get com completely caught up in the future and we play out hypothetical situations about things that might happen or that could happen. And there's this saying that my life is filled with tragedy, most of them, have which, most of, them of which have never happened. And it's this idea that uh, when we're facing something that's daunting or, or something that um, makes us nervous, we we generate all these hypothetical situations of what possibly could happen. And that can become paralyzing. And here's the author of Hebrews writing to people who are certainly um, very much aware of their past and very much aware of the potential of what could happen in the future. And much of it doesn't look hopeful. And he's saying to them, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever and then um, just in the same context, he's saying in, in chapter 12, you know, strengthen your weak knees, make a straight path for yourself. And he's encouraging them to think about how they can experience Jesus now. And so he's encouraging them, fix your eyes on Jesus, as he says at the beginning of chapter 12. And he gets them to access their, their memory and he gets them thinking about the future, but the, but the whole import of this is that we experience Jesus today. We experience Jesus now. Often when it comes to time, like this verse in 13.8, yesterday, today, forever, we think linearly about time. We think chronologically about time. And we in our Western culture are very much involved with a linear chronological concept of time. And that is a very different world than the biblical writers we're referring to. Often when the biblical writers are talking about time, quote unquote, they are referencing not a chronological moment in history, but an opportunity of time. And we've talked about this several times, this idea of chronos and kairos, that chronos is a chronological way of experiencing time. Kairos is a way of experiencing the moment, of grasping the moment, of seeing the opportunity 
in the moment. And so where the, where the writer is saying, yes, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the whole, the whole um, impetus behind what he is writing is that he wants to encourage the readers to experience Jesus now in this kind of moment of opportunity, this moment of, of, um, of benefit. You get the other concepts of this, for example, in Galatians chapter 4, um, beginning at verse 4, the writer to, uh, to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul, you know, says that when the time had fully come or at just the right time, God sent his son born of a woman. And that's this idea of, of what some theologians would call chirotic time or, or the, the opportunity of the moment. So rather than thinking about, you know, linear chronological moments of time, there's this sense of seeing, seeing opportunity, seeing epics of time, seeing moments of time that are to be seized. And if we, t- if we move away from chronologically looking at Jesus being yesterday, today, and forever, and we look at it as a moment, then the idea of Jesus being for us today addresses this idea of how we experience Jesus now. Because yesterday is often filled with what I should have done or shouldn't have done. And we tend to be hard on ourselves and we wish we could repeat the past. The future fills us not with guilt, but with fear because we're worried about what could happen, what might happen. But Jesus is wanting us to meet him now, today, in the moment, in the kairos, rather than the chronos. Now, here's this, I want to come back to this idea about uh, today and now in the present. So, we, we access the same part of our brain to think about the past as we do to imagine the future. But when you continue to ask questions about time, it leads you to kind of wrestling with, what even does it mean to be in the now? Because if time is always moving, then that means there's a future state that's coming towards us and we experience it and it's gone. So already as I'm talking, now is already behind me and it's a new now right now. How does that even work? How do we meet Jesus in the present when the present is never static? It is always moving. So neuroscience, they've been doing experiments and and some of them are postulating this, that the present moment is something we experience in two to three second increments. Let that sink in for a minute. Now is just a continuous succession of two to three second moments. And then it's gone. It's behind us. It's in the past. And we receive a new one. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. So when we're thinking about today and we're thinking about Jesus, what does that mean for Jesus to be the same yesterday, today, and forever? When we look at it as an opportunity rather than as a chronological point in time. 
So in another place, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, now is the time for salvation. Now is the time for you to experience Jesus. And he's not speaking chronologically. It's that word kairos. Now is the opportunity. Jesus Christ is the same today. Jesus is for us today like he was for us yesterday, like he will be for us tomorrow, forever and ever. So as we think about today, we want to be able to match this into what does it mean to experience Jesus? So we're not just thinking about time, we're thinking about Jesus today or Jesus now. And how does he fit in with all of that? You know, it's interesting when, when some people were trying to figure out who Jesus was. And um, this is in John chapter 8. So there's people that are hearing Jesus teach. And they're kind of, they're kind of um, trying to sort out who this guy is. Not unlike many of us today who have met Jesus and are walking with Jesus. We're spending our lifetime learning and discovering who Jesus is. And seeing how that influences us. And there are are many of you that are exploring who Jesus is because you're trying to ask the bigger questions of life and wonder if Jesus fits into that somehow for yourself. And when it comes to Jesus and time, uh, in John 8, as people are questioning who Jesus is, you know, he says to them, you know, um, that Abraham, someone who had lived uh, about 1800 years before the time of Christ, Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. This is in John 8, 56. And the people said, well, you're not even 50 years old. How can you say that you have seen Abraham? And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. And there's this sense of Jesus saying, it doesn't matter if you're talking about tomorrow. It doesn't matter if you're talking about uh, the past, yesterday, or tomorrow, the future. I am. I am in yesterday. I am in tomorrow. There's this sense of Jesus saying, I am always fully present and fully willing to, uh, to be with you, to be in relationship with you so that you might experience me now. And in John's gospel, this historical account of Jesus telling his story from John's perspective with a set purpose in mind, John uses this I am phrase, ego eimi, uh, many times throughout his letter. And so there's this idea of what people call the famous I am sayings in John, where Jesus is just reiterating to his followers, I am for you. I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Whatever it is that you need for today, I am that for you, is essentially what Jesus is communicating. He was present for you yesterday. He is present for you right now. He will be present for you tomorrow. The trick is for us not to get caught up continually living in the past with regret or um, looking to the future with fear or with trepidation, but to meet him now, moment by moment, three, two, one, three, two, one, three, two, one, moment by moment, experiencing Jesus, walking with Jesus, being with Jesus. How is this even possible? 
there's this wonderful idea of, of Jesus teaching his followers about, about the good news that in person he was limited in how he could experience them or how they could experience him. But Jesus says in John 14, um, beginning at verse 17 and 18, he's saying to them, listen, I'm going away. But it's kind of good that I'm going away because I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And there's this long discourse in John 14, 15, and 16, and 17 of Jesus encouraging his, his original followers of the role of the Holy Spirit, where Jesus is saying, when I'm here in person, it's particular. I'm a first century Jewish male, and you can only experience me that way. But it was necessary that I come. And this leads us to the cross of Christ and what, what he accomplished on the cross for us in showing us God's love and saving us from sin and setting up God's kingdom and shutting down religion. But then he says, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I am going to leave you, but not as orphans because I will still be with you in another way. And then he begins to talk about another advocate, another counselor, another comforter, someone who's very, the very same as he is. And this is who we come to know as we read the scriptures, the earliest followers of Jesus came to know about the spirit of God in a whole new way, that the spirit of God is also the spirit of Christ. And so in chapter 16, Verse 7, Jesus is saying to his followers, you grieve because of what I've told you, that I'm leaving. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate or the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And from the early church on, the Spirit of Christ is able to allow all of us to experience Jesus in an intimate, personal way now, moment by moment, which was not possible to do when Jesus was here in person. And that's why Jesus says, it's better for you if I go away, because if I go away, then, then I can send the Spirit, my Spirit, and all of you, each of you can experience me in ways that you never could if I was here in person. And for me, that's good news, because following Jesus isn't particular to just the man Jesus but it's to be aware of the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, or what we call the Holy Spirit, that makes it possible for us to experience Jesus today, just like people could experience him yesterday, and just like people will experience him tomorrow. It's the Spirit of God that we are able to be with. He is more available to you today than he was then when he was in person. In fact, I would say that Jesus is more readily accessible for you today than YouTube or Amazon or Netflix. You don't need, you don't need a device and you don't need an internet connection or you don't need a mobile network. Jesus is readily available for you to access moment by moment. And you can scroll with him as much as you want. And, and the good part of that is you won't be wasting your time. But you'll be experiencing a kind of life that you're just longing for and growing into more and more. So Paul wrote uh, in another letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 3.17, he said, For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Jesus was available for you yesterday. But of course, we realize yesterday's already gone. He will be available for you tomorrow, and that fills us with hope. But we experience him now in the moment, the kairos time for us to seize, for us to, to commune with him. And that's exactly what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to experience him today. It is always today for Jesus. He is always available for you in the now. So how do you actually experience Jesus in the now? How do you go about um, speaking with him, uh, communing with him, hearing from him, experiencing the spirit of Christ when every now is just a two to three second interval? Three, two, one, three, two, one. How do I hold on to Jesus? And that's the beauty of this fact that he's always yesterday and always today and always tomorrow. We're just always in the opportunity for, for, for being able to meet the spirit of Christ because he's already there in tomorrow. And we're able to just continually have the opportunity to commune with him and to experience him. So again, in Colossians um, chapter 2, I think uh, about verse 6, it says, Since we live in Christ, let your roots grow down deep into him. And I want to talk a little bit about spiritual habits and spiritual rhythms that allow us to experience Jesus in the now and tell you about, a, I have a spiritual director, his name is Rick, and we typically meet once a month, every other month, depending on, on how our schedules are. And he's done this wonderful job of just helping me lean into um, all the rhythms of life that, that help me to let my roots grow down deep. And it wasn't that long ago, a couple months ago we were meeting and I said, you know, Rick, uh, through this pandemic, it has been so hard to stay um, focused and stay close to God. And I feel like it's it's the years of habits that I've developed that are just allowing me to hold on because I don't feel like there's any life right now. And that's just me being honest with you. It's been a dry season. It's been difficult. But because I could let my roots grow down deep into him, those habits that I've formed over 15 years of of struggling through and developing them, have carried me through this time. And it's habits like, um, uh, you know, using set prayers, um, having, you know, just regular prayer time of, of regular time of just reading the scriptures. But it's also things like solitude. It's things like um, what's called the exam and just a, a little exercise through the day to say like, where have I seen God close today? Where have I not seen God close? On my phone recently, I've just done it again. I've done it before as I set up um, uh, alarms to go off through the day and then I can just pull open uh, uh, a book I have online, a prayer book and I can just pray through those prayers and it just helps me refocus myself on Jesus through the day. You can, you can investigate this stuff yourself and look it up. There are lots of rhythms and habits you can develop to experience Jesus moment by moment but it does take practice like many other things and the more we're practicing the more we're able to experience him and the good news is is he's very gracious and patient and willing so that you know if we if we get out of habit um, as soon as we get back into habit he's there willing and ready 
for us to experience him and to fill us with what it is that we need in life. You know, I could go on in verse 16 where, or chapter 16 of John where he says, you know, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And then in John 17, he just prays for the church and he prays that we would be united in that spirit so that we could experience him. And he says, this is just as I am in you and you are in me, Father, when they're in unity, I will be in them. He wants to be with us. He wants us to experience him, not only for, for you individually, but when we're together, which is another rhythm and habit of experiencing Jesus. And that's in this context of community. And I know I'm a broken record for that. And, uh, and I just realize what, what this pandemic has shown many of us is the value of community, our faith community, and helping us carry on. But it's a choice we make. Um, to place value in that community, as well as experiencing Jesus in our own time and in our own way. You know, I want to encourage you, take a moment to just be with him uh, now as we wrap up. By yourself in solitude, take an opportunity today to experience Jesus in the now. Do it with somebody else in community. And two questions I would just leave you with are, what are the things that you could do to try to get your mind focused on Jesus today? What kind of rhythms and habits can you continue to develop or try for the first time? And then what could you do to try to limit yourself from getting stuck on yesterday or getting caught up in tomorrow? Because Jesus wants you to experience him today, now. Because for Jesus, it is always today and he's always available for you moment by moment today. Father God, we thank you for your, for your love. We thank you for the spirit of Christ that allows us to be with you and to experience you today. Keep our hearts and our minds focused on you as we develop the rhythms and the habits of daily keeping our, our mind on you, our heart on you, our eyes and our ears on you. May those habits let our roots grow down deep into Christ so that we can be strong. And may our roots be combined with the roots of all the other brothers and sisters that you're calling us to be in community with so that we would be one as you are one and that we would then experience you in our midst. You promised that you would never leave us in Matthew 28 and you told us that whenever two or three of us are together, you are with us. So Jesus, may that be reality for each of us today, wherever we are at in our journey with you, that we would experience you today and then again today and then again today. We worship you and we praise you because you are worthy of glory and honor and praise. Amen. Thanks for being with us today and um, hope to see you again and hope that you enjoy experiencing Jesus this week. Bye for now.